And I was explaining myself, and in the middle of me explaining myself, he gets up and tells the other coworker, like, hey, 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 can we go out here and have another, like, conversation? And just walked out in the middle of me talking, and I was like... Like, as a show of, of, I don't want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, basically. Hey, I'm Michael Panic, And I'm Michael Ray. And, and we're, we're the, the Michaels. Michaels. We worked together for eight years and through many hopeful and hopeless situations. Today, we each work jobs we love and enjoy life every day. During our time as co-workers, we ignored a lot of warning signs, which eventually caused issues in our personal lives, affecting families and friends. Our work-life balance was out of whack and we didn't even know it. This podcast is all about recognizing potential issues and advice on how to correct your course of life and work. This, this is Work-Life work Balance. Hey everyone, this is Michael Ray and Michael Panic here, and we have a special episode for you guys. It is... Actually, our guest, Hannah Green. Say hey, Hannah. Hey. <laughs> and so we're actually, the reason why we brought her on is that I've actually known her now for about a year. Panic introduced me. And Hannah actually, Hannah and I actually work together now. And so when she heard us doing the podcast, she's like, I need to uh, talk to you guys and get on your show. I have a couple of things I want to bring up that y'all haven't brought up before. And so we're like, okay, sure. And so what we're going to do tonight is actually kind of do more of an interview style. So we're going to kind of talk about different things, but let Hannah get shine light on what she, uh, what she's experienced and what she wants to talk more about. Um, and then we're going to actually, we'll still have resolutions to mix in there as well, but it is definitely a different turn on our podcast episode than normal, but yeah. here to have fun. And once again, guys, if you, if you think you have something, a story to tell us, please email it into us. We can use it for an episode, or if you're here locally, we can actually have an episode with you as a guest because we're all about hearing other perspectives, seeing what's out there, what experiences there are, because we're only two of us, and so we want to hear what's going on. Definitely. Yeah. But I'm going to hand it over to Panic to kind of start us off and kind of get our discussions going with Hannah. Absolutely. And then we'll go from there. Yeah. So I also wanted to throw my plug that I've known Hannah for a long time. Anniversary is coming up. Um, it is. We've known each other for almost six years, right? Mm -hmm. What you said. Uh, met in college in marching band. Actually, in my college radio days, which this feels very reminiscent of yeah, sitting but back here in front when of my radio. I didn't talk. I just listened <laughs> to the music sitting on the couch. And now you have to talk. Yeah, now I have to talk. Which this is really weird watching y'all do it because normally I just like listen to it. Well, now you have a complete visual the, when we're talking. The, full the background. Okay. Well, this is cool. Does it make it better? <laughs> Now this is all I'm going to picture when I listen to it. Right. y'all sitting in this room. All so right. <laughs> quick hype up of Hannah. She is an incredibly talented artist, uh, graphic designer, and just absolutely amazing hand letterer. Um, <laughs> she writes fancy letters. She does write fancy letters. So Hannah, why don't you start by telling everybody a little bit about Hannah May Letter Co. and what you do? Well... I'm Hannah. I'm 24. I feel like I'm on The Bachelor. Um, <laughs> no, I started Hannah Mae Letter Co. officially almost a year ago, back in September. I launched it. But before that, I had, um, had like, everything was on my normal Instagram, like, all my lettering stuff. And I think, like, three years ago now, I did the... Um, the lettering challenge, like a, or it was like a 100 day challenge and you could do whatever you wanted to do. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And so I started like lettering as mine and it was all of my personal stuff. And then in my head I was like, okay, well there's probably people on here that really don't care about this stuff. So I'm going to move it to a separate one. So I made like a separate Instagram for it and it wasn't like a business or anything. Like I didn't sell anything. It was just me like practicing and getting better. And then did that for a little while. I think I did that for like two years. Never actually finished 
the hundred day challenge that I did, <laughs> I would always get to <laughs> like day. I would always get today like sixty and be like, I'm tired of this and stop. So just kind of turned it into something that like whenever I made art, I would put it on there. And so about a year ago, I was like, I want to make this a business and like sell products and stuff because I'd done like t-shirts and things at festivals. You actually did before. a really cool thing for your school. Oh yeah, yeah. talk about tell us a little bit about um, that. So in March of twenty. 18 yeah, was it? 2018 um the, the where tornado. i went to school the tornadoes hit jacksonville state and i had originally created a graphic because i saw all these people sharing graphics and i just wanted to kind of do my own and like make one for myself and so i did that and then i was talking to my friend annabelle and she was like oh you should make that a shirt that'd be really cool and so we kind of just figured it out and i didn't know where to sell the shirts at like everybody's like oh you should make it a shirt you should make a shirt and i was like where how do you do that and somebody had commented on something else saying oh use bonfire.com i'm not sponsored they should sponsor me (laughs) but they don't (laughs) um you should use bonfire and it's actually really simple and so i just uploaded my graphic and they take care of like all the shipping and stuff so with that t-shirt in a total of like i think less than a week Mm -hmm. i made like six thousand dollars yeah and then now up to this point because i ended up opening it back up like a few months later i've made like almost seven thousand and all of that money went to the Community Foundation of Northeast Alabama. Just so, so, so awesome. And it's really cool because you used your talent and created something that you had passion for and then people benefited from it. Yeah, it was really cool. Like being able to, I mean, I haven't like seen the people that the money helped, but the Community Foundation sent us like this report of like who all it helped and that was really cool. And I just remember taking the check to the Community Foundation and they were like super, super sweet and really nice. And they were like, oh, Mm -hmm. what? company are you with and I was like oh nobody I did this myself like here you go and they were like oh my god thank you and I was like no no (laughs) it's fine but no so a year ago I was like I want to make an Etsy store and so I opened up with some prints and stickers and right now I have like a planner template thing on there but I really just like making stuff that I enjoy making and if I feel like if I like it then other people will like it definitely yeah and it shows yeah. because your your art feels so coherent. It doesn't feel like you're like pandering to what anybody else wants. You're just doing stuff you love. And I think that's like been pretty successful for I'm you glad, so far. I'm glad that comes across that way because there's a lot of times where I just sit and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> like, this isn't real. Like, none of this looks good. And then it doesn't flow together. And then I get in the mindset of, like, my Instagram has to look perfect when that's not true. Well, so. and I think everybody kind of deals with that imposter syndrome, and I'm sure we could probably, there's another one, we could do a whole episode on just imposter syndrome, but um, I definitely, you don't have anything to worry about. Your, your work good. is yeah. fantastic. Whenever I feel like I'm comparing myself a lot to people, I have to like mute them for a short amount of time, because oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm looking at this well, too much. And it just discourages you. Yeah. Because you're like, like well, they're better than me, but they're really not. Yeah. They're and different I'm, than you. Yeah. yeah. It's their style. Mm-hmm. But, um, well, yeah, I wanted to bring that up just because I think it's really cool. You even got on TV for it. Like, they interviewed you and everything. (laughs) So you got that five minutes of fame. I sure did. But you actually (laughs) helped somebody. So it wasn't just a self-indulgent type thing. Well-deserved. Absolutely. So we know a little bit more about you about help with this episode. So now let's talk a little bit, uh, part of the things that you want to talk about uh, on this episode. So we have, really, there's two things. But the main thing that actually we've touched on just slightly is this um, where you made to feel like you should do side work in general or was that affecting your job? That's the question we're going to pose. But what we're saying is you had a main job mm-hmm. um, and you worked there for quite a while 
and you also had your side work, which was your lettering company, mm-hmm. uh, which you did great things with. And my understanding was that you actually were, there were opportunities where you took your skill set and applied it in your main job, but it was almost frowned upon. Yeah. It was like, I would do things for clients. Like if we were working on a project and I wanted to like add some lettering to it, just like make it more girly or whatever. I felt like if I did that and they were like, Oh my gosh, I like this so much that I couldn't tell them like, Oh, I also have this business. If you want me to do any more work for you with that, I can. It was more like a, Oh yeah, no problem. Here's this thing for work. Like I couldn't talk about what I did. What was like the precedent there? Like what was making you feel that you could not talk about it? Well, when I started my job, my coworkers, they also had things that they liked to do mm-hmm. on the side that made them money. And they, I think I had mentioned it one day and one of them was just like, hey, don't really like talk about that stuff. Um, we just don't talk about it. I think like something had happened with them where they were like, mm-hmm. it was frowned upon. So then I just took the cue of like, okay, you just don't talk about it. And yeah. so, well, let I me, didn't. let me say there is kind of a fine line, like where if you're working with a client and like they're a client of the company you work for. Mm-hmm. Um, there is kind of that fine line where you don't solicit them for external work, right? Like that's something that's that can get dicey. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you, you're almost saying though, like in general, any kind of side work at all was basically a no-no. Like you shouldn't do it, but if you're going to do it, just don't talk about it. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt, and I never really was like, oh yeah, this is what I'm doing, blah, and like I wasn't outright just being like this is my thing this is what I do this is all this stuff but I just never talked about it like with a client if I was doing like lettering stuff for them I was never like oh yeah by the way I also have Hannah Mae Letter Company and like I can do all these things sure. and like if you need a logo which I'm not great at but I'll do them for the right people um and the right but that's project. not what this company did they didn't no, offer no, no, services no, no, no. like that no. okay so you're not like stepping on their turf no this isn't it like- was completely different than yeah what I was doing I just felt really insecure about talking about it huh. i guess yeah yeah and i and i can relate to some of that there was a situation where it was actually awkward uh where uh so like my side thing has always been photography which i've talked about my wife's a full-time wedding photographer um but it was really originally my hobby and if and panic you probably remember some of this where mm-hmm. i was i was known that i could take good pictures and what we did required good pictures from time to time. And so at first it was like, oh, yeah, he can take a good picture. Let's just go ahead and take it. And then, which was fine. I was like, oh, cool. I get to get paid for my little hobby that I have. That's awesome. And then over time it it became noticed that I was growing the photography side. And I, I remember going to the owner where I worked and I said, hey, uh, I took your advice. I, I've decided to create an LLC for this to make it more protected. And um, I think we'll have a lot of fun with it. And it, it, he seemed encouraged uh, by it. But then he noticed, well, we all like start, it started to take up. And granted, the photography thing was a strictly a Saturday, Sunday only. Sure. I think I had in the past, literally in the past set, uh, six years, I think I've had three weddings on a Friday. So one every two years, <laughs> you know, not a whole lot going on. Uh, and, but I remember where I was pretty much told, don't talk about it. It got to that point where 
I wasn't allowed to mention anything about it. I wasn't allowed to be excited about it. I mean, that sounds terrible, but I literally wasn't. Um, I was pretty much told you're not. You can't talk about this. And I just feel like that's not fair. Well, like, well, and 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 here's the thing. Like, if it was, if I was doing the same services that I worked at that main sure. company, and I was doing it all, like. Yes, absolutely. That that makes total sense because mm-hmm. you're that's that's not smart, right? Yeah, but this was your but this hobby. was a, a hobby that made Very some money. Yeah, and and what kind of aggravated me is that it was my hobby was for a while being used to enhance the service that, that I worked for at the main mm-hmm. company. Um, so it's kind of like a free add-on that I was just doing, and then it got to the point where I had to because I had a couple of people that knew that I did that, and they would bring it up, and and they were like my work friends. And I say, no, I don't really do a whole lot. You know, I just kind of played it down, play it down. Because I, I was trained to say, um, no, that's just a side. You know, I don't I don't talk about that. I don't deal with that. And you just, it got to that point where I was almost afraid to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Or if I, I don't even remember bringing up like, yeah, I learned this from this, from working on the photography that we should do this. And it's like, I don't really care what you, what, what you learned from that. That doesn't apply here. Don't talk about that. When it was just normal business things that yeah, it's like it's like yeah. I, like you know, because like one thing I was learning was helping Courtney, my wife, understand how to communicate with these brides, and because there's a lot of business in there. You know, it mm-hmm. is a creative business model, but it, there's a business side to it, and that's the communication through email, phone, and uh, expectations versus price, and all those things. And I was learning a lot because I was training. Like I, I learned a lot, and I was able to translate that to Courtney. And I was shunned almost to talk about it in that sense. And so I just kind of shut it down in my head and just ignored it. And it kind of it made me scared to even say, "Hey, I need to um, take a day or whatever." Or, yeah. or I, what the worst part was, <laughs> and this is panic remembers this very distinctly. With sales numbers. So I was a sales guy. That was my main function. And I was told that sales would go down because I had more weddings that week, that month. And my blood is boiling already just thinking about this. So the, so the, the assumption was made <laughs> that if I shot four weddings in a month, my sales would be lower because I was tired. I guess that was the thought process. And I remember, because I was like, yeah, first when you hear that, you're like, maybe, you know, you kind of run to your own, maybe. Mm-hmm. And so I, I did, all, I ran the numbers because I was like kind of determined at that point. I was like, that doesn't sound right. I ran the numbers. It was freaking opposite. The total opposite. The more weddings you did. Like the there was a month that I shot five weddings and I had the biggest sales <laughs> month. I mean, it was just a very busy month for me. To did say you the, show him the comparison numbers? I tried. Hmm. Didn't, didn't want to. See, he didn't, he didn't, didn't care. See truth. It didn't want to, it didn't matter to him. Oh. And let me throw my hat in on this because <laughs> I there's uh, some secrets about to come out. I always do on this show. But I so I mean this is not a secret in and of itself. I uh, found probably my freshman or sophomore year of college that I really loved uh, videography. And I bought uh, my yeah. first uh, camera that could shoot HD video. Um which was stolen shortly thereafter, and I got a nicer one, and that really kind of jump-started me. I transitioned into a communications major with a film minor and was like really, really uh, 
devoted to, to filmmaking for a while. It was like something I really loved and to make a little money, mainly just to buy camera, more camera gear. My little brother and I, that uh, was my first start. I was like, I just want to buy a nice. Exactly. Equipment. So, uh, my little brother and I decided we were going to start shooting wedding videos. Um, uh, we actually were asked by, um, a friend of a friend to shoot her wedding. And so we were like, uh, yeah, let's, let's do it. Why not? We said we wanted to do this. Let's give it a shot. And so we did a handful of them. It was really, you know, low key, just word of mouth. But with this like skill in doing video it was the same kind of thing that you were doing with the photo it was like, Oh, we can apply this to our business and we can do some videos. Looking back, uh, it was weird. The videos I did for the company because they didn't really relate to our clients at all. It was almost like we were kind of trying to have a secondary branch that just did video. And then honestly, there was a time where that was almost all I did was shoot and edit videos, uh, for the company, but it, you know, that kind of came and went, but I was still doing wedding videos. Mm-hmm. I was still doing, um, sorority recruitment videos. Um, some Those other really good. <laughs> I remember watching them. <laughs> doing some other uh, like I promotional videos like, where she's like, Blowing the, the, blows glitter. the glitter at the, the camera glitter. in slow motion. Yeah. I took one oh. of those pictures. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, but not with glitter. I was in Color Guard, and me and my friend did it on the turf with the turf, turf turds. turds. Yes. <laughs> I, it's one of my favorite photos. I was like, Nicole, come here. We got to do this. But, yeah, it was funny. <laughs> so what happens, though, is that at one point, you know, despite, again, same as you, I'm being encouraged to do this both inside and out, Mm -hmm. um, it was known that I was doing wedding uh, videos. We actually used company time to build a website for the wedding videos. Like we, we used company time to build a website for this like, uh, side company thing. Um, it was known that it was my thing, but it was like heavily encouraged, like kind of like you, I mean, same way. It was just like heavily encouraged. And then one day I was sat down and told, this is the thing, um, that, I, I feel like wasn't maybe like explicitly known to you. I don't remember if you were even there, but I, I was told I am not like, you are not going to make, you don't do videos anymore. I think that was the way it was put, or you don't make videos anymore. And I looked him square in the face and I said, you don't get to tell me what I do and don't do on the weekends. Cause I was a hothead. Yeah. And I've always been that way. But I, I said, you don't get to tell me what I do and don't do on the weekends. And he like bowed up at me and said, if you, um, if it affects what you do Monday to Friday, I sure do. Oh, I had the same conversation. Yeah. And you know what's funny? It did not. It didn't at all. It never. Yeah. In well, what way and, did and, it affect and anything? Like, it was like my my outlet. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like you can't go. You can't work for that, like, company all the time. Like, that's Wait, Monday through to Friday. To yeah, like, what are you going to do? Like, go home and go to sleep? Yeah, like what are you tomorrow? supposed to do? But there is that fine line because now if I was spending half my day talking to brides or setting up yes, enga- or it, shooting engagements in yeah. the middle of the week. But you weren't. But I wasn't. I, I mean, mean I, was, yeah. I was like secretive about the whole thing. And so. But I feel like that's not fair either. You should be able to talk about your hobbies and stuff at work. Well, I was, I was so discouraged by it. I just, I mean, I got trained into being discouraged. because yeah. I, I feel like. Because it was like after year two, mm-hmm. it was like, you don't talk about this. Yeah. And then. Five years later, I don't know any different now. Yeah. So I feel like yeah. if your hobbies can make you a little bit money, a little bit of money on the side, and help you pay your bills, or just to have fun money, I feel like that. Or just should be to kind of fine. Because there are plenty of people. Well, and I would say even in today's world, um, 
so the tradition, like a couple of generations ago, you know, you were, you had these career people that worked one job mm-hmm. for 40 years and mm-hmm. retired and which is fine. There are still some of those people today, but nowadays you don't find yourself doing one job. Oh, you no. find you're doing other. And it's True. not so much because you're trying to just wor- uh, work yourself to death. It's more like, well, I have these other interests and they've become easier to enter into. Like mm-hmm. the, e- the boundaries aren't there anymore. Right. The ease of entry is there. And so when you do that, um, it'll allow, like, okay, like photography. Crap. 30 years ago, I wouldn't have touched it because it was film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a process. That's expensive. That's difficult. Now we're in digital world. Now I can shoot. Like right now, Cordy and I have two camera bodies and they each have about a hundred thousand shutter count through them. And that, those cameras cost no different than if they had 10,000 count through them. Right. There's no, the cost of keeping things going so much less and you just have more fun with it. Um, yeah, well, it's like super easy for me to just pick up my iPad. And right, you use an iPad draw stuff and, draw. and write stuff, and, and then you I have post like, it on Instagram. The more you draw, the cheaper the drawing gets. Technically, that's my business model. Just post it on Instagram. <laughs> well, and that's how we are now with social media. We can broadcast our creativity, yeah. not to make yeah, money. So easy. Just, just but if you want to make money, none of it takes hardly any time at all, relatively speaking. Yeah. I mean, think. Let me think. Videography. Good grief back uh even 20 years even 15 years ago you had to like shoot on dv tape and then you had to in real time so for every hour of footage you shot you had to spend one hour letting it dump to your computer and then your computer was a lot slower and if you wanted to advertise you were having to like take ads out in the paper and put up flyers all over town and there wasn't social media actually 10 years ago there was social media i am really 2007 but think more like 05 04 you know, even that recently, it, it was so it took so much effort that it was more understandable. So I want to say something in defense of some of these uh, older generation people that think, you know, this is, uh, you know, oh, side work is a problem. Well, maybe in their day it was. But I can say confidently I showed n- no signs that it was affecting my work. And that's the next thing I want to talk about is like if. I mean, Hannah, do you, you know, it was kind of like discouraged. It was kind of like, man, eh, don't talk about it. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like it ever negatively affected the main work you were doing for that I company? Think it, I bet it improved it. Yeah. Probably. I don't think it negatively infe- affected me. Um, mm-hmm. No, not that I know of. There were times when I'd get like really stressed at work and I would think about the lettering stuff more than I would think about my job job. But that's just cause like I was super stressed and I felt weird about what was going on and I was just like I just want to do my fun stuff like you were saying like you want to do the things that like relieve you of stress and like are your Mm. hobbies and stuff so I'd be like dang I really want to do this and I want to do lettering stuff but as far as like my normal day-to-day stuff I really don't think it did that's I mean that's normal too right I mean it's so weird to me now I'm gonna I'm gonna plug the company I work for now um it is such a completely different. Do you get a bonus every time you plug them? <gasps> no. <Are you> sponsored? <laughs> Cody, if you're listening, don't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I basically, <laughs> that was one of the first questions I asked was about side work. Cause it was such a weird thing at my last mm-hmm. job. And I was like, so, you know, that's weird. weird about that's it, the first thing I asked about. Really? Well, yes. I'll, it, even, it's I'll like, even say like, I, where I currently work now, I asked my boss, I was like, is it okay that I talk about this podcast? He's like, yeah. Yeah. He's like, and he's one of our listeners, which is hilarious (laughs) to me. 
Hi, he, Nick. He even <laughs> he even asked me that. Hey, when's your next po- episode coming out? I was like tonight. He's like, oh, okay, but no. It, it, at my company, it, it literally is right there. I mean, I asked the 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 CFO. Like, I was like, can you tell me about this? Right there, it says if any other job, not like side job or anything, if any other job is providing you fifty percent or more of your income, it is highly suggested. You speak to your manager about it. It's not like... Well, that's just common sense. Right. <laughs> it's like, it's not like, yeah, if you have side work, just let us know about it. Or if it's side work, leave it at home. Don't talk about it. It's yeah. like, if you're making half of your total income doing that, just talk to somebody about it. So I've told him straight up, like, all the stuff that I do, and it's just encouraged. I, one of the guys I work with has an e-commerce store, like a drop shipping e-commerce store, and, uh, I mean, one of the managers straight up asked him, was like, hey, how are things going with that, man? Are you still making some money? And we just, like, talked about it at lunch one day. That's and it was really like, good. he was like, uh, well, I, I'm did trying it, to. Did it make you nervous when that conversation came up? No, because we had already talked. Now, the first time I mentioned something about doing um, and some outside work, I felt really weird about it. I did a job between my last job and starting this one. I just, mm-hmm. uh, interim, I, I built a website for a friend of mine's bar. And I was really hesitant to talk about it at first. Even having read that, it made me like really weird to talk about. And then one day, I don't even remember who it was. Somebody asked me straight up. They were like, so you built the, the website for blank. And I was like, yeah, I, I did. And they were like, how did you like, tell, what, what was your stack? Like, how'd you build it? What was your approach? Blah, blah, blah. And they just yeah. wanted to talk about it because a, this was a very small scale website and we do really large scale work, but B, that project taught me more about my primary skill set that I use at this business. Who wouldn't encourage that? Oh, you mean you're going home at night after five o'clock is and done doing more of your and job. you're going to go do more of your job and get better <laughs> at it and add value to our company. Yeah. That's terrible. And we don't, don't talk have to pay you that. for that. You're doing side stuff. Someone else is paying you. Great. <laughs> it, exactly. That's the only way yeah. I can see it. So yeah. like if it's not interfering and your main job, it's probably enhancing it. Yeah. If it's yeah. not hurting, I mean it's my only lettering helping. my lettering helps my marketing stuff now. Because yeah. like there's some clients that I can use it for and others well, I can't. But when I because you do a lot of social media posting yeah. for mm-hmm. clients and your insta stories are very good. Yeah. And I know that you've developed that skill Oh, one hundred percent. From Hanime Letter Co. Yeah. and then just in personal use. But mm-hmm. you can see it because you can see that you're utilizing every aspect because yeah. you're comfortable with it. Because that's the beauty of like some of these side jobs or side hustles or hobbies or what you want to call them. There's less less pressure there, mm-hmm. so it allows you to experiment more. Yeah, and when you can experiment, you get better because you make more mistakes and you learn quicker because it's more fun mm-hmm. to do that. Uh, but anyway, no, and I and I think part of the reason why we want to bring this up to our audience is that. The the coin, the catchphrase side hustle is very strong right now. You hear that so much so that Hannah hates the word side I hustle. Hate, or I'm phrase. just gonna go off on a soapbox for a minute. Go for it. I hate the word hustle. It I hate it so much. I do not have a synonym to use that I like. Hey, I, I don't it. really Is there like, not one for you? What? What about uh let's get this bread? I just <laughs> Now, now you are stepping into your friendship zone. Anyways, I don't know what any of this means. No, I don't have a synonym that I'm like, yeah, that's good. Because I really also, I'm more lenient toward like grind, like 
you're gonna grind. I don't Ooh, know. I hate that. But word. I also don't really like that word. So, but hustle, <laughs> hustle is so overused right, in well, the creative true. community. It's, it so is. It so is. And I'm like, what does that even mean? People, are like, you just gotta hustle, man. You gotta hustle, bro. And I'm like, no, you don't. Like, take a nap, go to bed, enjoy yourself, <laughs> hang out with yourself. You don't have to constantly be working. And I think that's the negative connotation is when people say hustle, they're like, you have to constantly be doing. We stuff now have a comedic this. version and to our episode. Like you have to. Be going all the time. And sometimes I just want to nap. That, like, you make a really valid that's point, all I gotta, But it's also really funny because I have a keychain on my key ring. Does that it say says, hustle? It says hashtag hustling. But that is from my friend Megan, who also hates that word. And she bought it as a joke. 98 cents at Michael's. And she was like, here you go. Merry Christmas. And I just, I hate that word. And I think it's because of my art school days where it was just so mm. overused. And I'm like, stop. Can we not come up with a different word? But I, I like what you said though, that it does have this connotation of the, like the overworked culture yes. that we're always taught. That's what this show is about. That's what we're always talking about. So yeah, I mean, it is kind of a negative Yes, And it's thing. so hard, like, especially on Instagram, you see all these people like hustling and like grinding and like going for their goals, which and, is great. And, and I'm it, so supportive. And it's fake. It's, yeah. Don't. Okay. <laughs> the one thing I try to approach my Instagram with, or like I've struggled with in the past is being authentic and like showing that like, this is tough. Like it's really hard, mm-hmm. like balancing all of your life. Oh yeah. But that's a whole different thing. But yeah, I hate the word hustle. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> that no, is no, all. So we need to come but, up with a different word. But the point is, though, uh, there's nothing wrong with side hustles. There's nothing wrong with hobbies. No. And there's nothing wrong to even have a general discussion at your main job about that. Now, it should not be the main topic. You should not compromise what you're doing at Absolutely, work. Absolutely, yes. And you should not... Uh, put priority to your side hustle over your main hustle, Mm -hmm. your main hustle, mainly because it's going to hurt you in a lot of different ways. And uh, it may not even be like, you may have a great manager that understands what you do and supports you, but at the same time, they're paying you for a job Mm -hmm. and you have what, and you have responsibilities for that job. Yeah. I think it's just good. Like panic said earlier, he communicated with his managers beforehand which i mean i did too i was like hey i also have this thing which can help the marketing side of things like i can do it for the clients that are more geared towards and that it, like and it's all it's done is just enhanced stuff yeah enhanced it. but sure. i told him i was like hey i have this other thing that i'm doing like i do lettering on the side and if like somebody contacts me for custom work or like any of this i'm probably gonna do it mm-hmm. is that okay just to like make sure it was communicated i wasn't like hey i'm gonna do this I don't care what you think, but more of like a, hey, I'm just wondering how you feel about this. Just because in the previous job, I never really challenged it. Like, I was never like, oh, I do this just to see what he said. But, like, because of the pressure from the coworkers to not talk about it, I was like, okay, well, I'm just not going to discuss it because I don't want to overstep boundaries. Let me say that uh, firm conviction, total belief here. The reason somebody would be like, you know, you're not doing outside work. You're you're not going to. You know, you're not going to do anything except the work you do here is all that matters. That's massive insecurity. That mm-hmm. is straight up like I am scared to death that you're going to leave because well, think, there's no reason for you to stay here. And I think some of that happened to me when I said, oh, I started a LLC. Yep. I, and I have like this natural tendency. Like I like to do to grow things and just kind of see where they go. Like I love taking something and making more out of it. Mm-hmm. And. An entrepreneur. There, 
Yeah, sure. Okay, that's the buzzword I hate. <laughs> the entrepreneur. I mean, because it applies to you, but everybody uses it when it doesn't apply to them. Entrepreneur. Entrepreneurs. Whoa. Yeah, what? there's a whole coin term right there that we came up with two years ago. What but, is it? Uh, entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. Oh dang! Basically, it's an entrepreneur that wants to be one, which really just means they act like they own a business or they can't own a business, but they literally destroy everyone around yep. them. Oh, in the beginning you started to talk about me. Cause I thought you were going to be like, they want to own a business, but they just don't do anything. I'm like, yeah, no, <laughs> no, no, no. But it was, no, it's more of, there's just, we're talking about the insecurity side of things. It's like, Oh, now you're a threat. Mm-hmm. And my only uh, resource or reaction is to stop you. Mm. Not to encourage you, not to say, I, that's really great that you're doing that. Um, I, if I can help you with something, sure. Because if you're sitting there and someone is just badgering you about, no, you can't, it just creates this like resistance inside of you. Yeah, you just want to do it more. Yeah, you want to do it more, or you just dislike that person more mm-hmm. for doing that to you. Um, or, or, like in my situation, I just got kind of depressed about the whole thing. Where I still, like, once Courtney got involved and she wanted to do it, she kind of took off with it. But up to that point, I was like, uh, I like doing this, but I don't, I can't talk about it. And so it, it kind of just made me sad on the inside because uh, it was just, I, I enjoyed something and I was told not to enjoy it. Well, and let's, let's even, uh, I guess, take that like one step further is that you're sitting there and you're being told, okay, yelled at more than likely that this is not something you're doing being like kind of bashed with it. All right, let's flip it on its head. Think about if you went to somebody, anybody, and you were like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm starting to do this uh, wedding photography. I actually set up an LLC. I'm like a legitimate entity. And I'm, I think I'm going to do this thing. And I think me and my wife are going to like tackle it. And it'd be like a fun project, something we can take on together. And that person was like, that's awesome, man. That is so great. I'm, I'm proud of you. What, what does that make you want to do? It makes me want to do literally anything in the world for that person. Mm-hmm. Because anybody yeah. who encourages you and supports you is someone you want to do things for. And anybody who condemns and criticizes you, ding, 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 uh, you don't want to do anything for that person. You just want to well, present and, them. Well, and, and the person that sits there and criticizes you, that is they're taking the, the, I'll say step, but they're taking the approach of they should be your number one priority. Nothing. You should not be your own priority. Right. You know, they should be like, and that's the thing I've had to learn over the years. Yes. Like work is important to me and I want to do well and I want to succeed. But if it is detrimental to myself and I don't realize it, you are the most important part. I become important life. because <laughs> that work doesn't matter if I'm not around. Exactly. Yeah. And and in that scenario, that work really is if it's being discouraged so much, I, I don't know what to even do. You know, it's like Well, because then you resent going in right. to work. And then Because it, like you said, the person's not supportive of you and you don't want to do things do for them. So and you're, you're not like, gonna work as hard. Oh, yeah. It's not gonna telling somebody, hey, don't do your side job. It's not going to encourage them to not do it. It's going to discourage them from doing things for yes. you, which means their work's going to suffer more by you discouraging their side work than if you just said, yeah, yeah run with it. doesn't even matter. And mm-hmm. I will say this. I think the and, and, and this might be like a heartbreak moment because um, 
I don't, I've never experienced this and I hope to God that you guys have never experienced this and that nobody listening has, but the only thing worse than somebody who'd be like, no, you're not doing that. That's stupid. You're not doing that. It would be somebody that would look you in the eyes and be like, you're stupid. Why would you ever, you, why would you even think about that? That's like the most high key insecurity to me mm-hmm. is when you're like, I, like, like imagine, um, if two people were dating and one of them went to the other one, it was like, Hey, I think I want to start doing yoga. And the other one was like, why? That's so Break stupid. up with that person You so need to fast. dump them. If you went up to your <laughs> boss or your manager and you were, let's say it was even something within work and you were like, hey, I want to, you know, I think we need to try this on the next project. And they were like, "You're that's stupid. Why? No. We're not. Why would we do that? I didn't pay you to come up with ideas. I, I paid you to work. Right. That's exactly Yuck. what they're saying. And so that's, I just, I have actually never dealt with that. Mostly just gotten yelled at. Uh, definitely do not. If you have ever just been like made fun of for bringing your ideas forward, quit your job. That or, is like or, heartfelt. You can blame it all on me. If you've been made fun of for submitting an idea to improve and add value to your company and you were made fun of publicly for it, quit your job tomorrow, walk in and throw your name tag or whatever on the desk and literally blame everything on me never been made fun of but i've been walked out on that's true that yeah. was, heard that one that was a, a fun time <laughs> why don't you tell us about it, that if actually you want give to. us a little story behind that um, you don't have to go into details but yeah no we were having like a company meeting and something was addressed about the side of production that i worked on with my coworker and we're kind of sitting there listening and we're like, this doesn't really like make sense to what we're doing. So so you were having an opinion on something that you did every day. Yes, basically. And so me and my coworker just sitting there and we were both thinking the same thing of like, this doesn't really make any sense, but like, okay. And we're letting the manager talk and talk. And then he asked our opinion. My coworker just kind of sat there cause I felt like he was very angry and I was just like, Hey, I don't think that this really makes sense. I don't think it's going to work. We can try it, but I just want you to know that, like, I don't think so. Which already made me really intimidated to say because I'm younger and because I'm a female. But that goes into a whole other thing. But, like, I'm just, like, sometimes afraid to speak up and be like, hey, here's my opinion on things. But um, I did it. And I was explaining myself, and in the middle of me explaining myself, he gets up and tells the other coworker, like, hey, 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 can we go out here and have another like conversation and just walked out in the middle of me talking. And I was like, like as a show of, of, I don't want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, basically that's what I felt like. And I told him that cause when he came back in, I got the guts <laughs> to say, Hey, I really did not appreciate the way you spoke to me. Um, felt really disrespected. And I even told him, I said, my mama taught me to pick my battles, but she also told me not to let anybody walk all over me. You so told him that? Here you, yeah, I did. Good for you. Nice. Yeah, because my mama did. What was his reaction? He was just like, oh, and then kind of <laughs> just, just throw him off. We just talked in circles. <laughs> but I straight up was like, my mama taught me to. And even when I called my mom after this happened in the Dunkin' Donuts parking lot, I was like, mom, you're not going to believe what happened today. Because I was still just so like perplexed about the situation that I was like, mom, you're not going to believe it. And I told her what she what I said. And I was like, yeah, you taught me to do this, this. And she was like, you're right. I did teach you that. And I was like, yeah, I listened. So. <laughs> No, I told him that. Mama done raised you right. My mama did. Well, <laughs> I, that is, I don't know. That's really bizarre that like, 
I, I can't really fathom how rude of a human you have to be to physically walk out of the room while someone is talking to you. It sounds like a movie. It does. It That's felt like, like way over dramatic. I That's ridiculous. I looked at my Apple Watch. My Apple Watch said that my heart rate normal was like sixty eight. It got up to one hundred thirty four. Oh, I was so yeah. mad. And you I were was just like, sitting. I was sitting. I was like, I'm gonna oh. flip this table. I was so angry. And then like they were out of the office for like a while. And when he came back in, I was still upset about it. And I was like, I'm just gonna talk about it. I said because if I don't talk about it and I let this go, I will never forgive myself for not standing up for myself. Which is hard to do like i'm not saying like oh it was easy like you can do it too but like somebody's disrespecting you and like not treating you the way that you need to be treated or just even listening yeah to and then you also feel weird because it's like you're a millennial and people like have this whole connotation about millennials being like oh they just expect yeah. things and and you don't um, know anything yeah and yeah. it's like i get it let's talk about baby boomers for a minute <laughs> actually please let's don't but but yeah so it's not like super easy to do i'm not saying like Yell at your manager, but like if you feel, if you give him the finger, if you feel disrespected in your place of employment, I feel like you need to stick up for yourself, not like violently, but just be like, hey, I felt disrespected. Well, just it, communicate with yeah, them, well, like, well, yeah. And then that's where, like, you know, if you were going to boil down this entire series, it's communication, right? Yeah. Um, just and, talk to people. Like, I don't well, get, and you know, it may be a combination of your manager didn't realize he did it because mm-hmm. uh, he may have been in a very like focused mode of I'm trying to get something accomplished. And oh yeah. And, and I think that's what he ended up saying. And I told him that was fine, but I wanted him to know that. Well, and, he, and it sounded like he needed okay. to hear from you that he screwed up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we're all humans here. We're all going to screw up. We know that, but it's, I think it's important that, so, you know, we're, we're blind to our own mistakes quite often. Mm-hmm. Like there are a lot of like there's a lot of things that you learn from other people because yeah. they point out things that you have no and I and honestly you everybody knows that person that ignores everyone's oh yeah uh, not say criticism but just like suggestions and we all know them because they get stuck in this rut forever. You know, take ten years later and they're oh, you're, you're still the same person. You haven't matured. Mm-hmm. You haven't gotten better. You haven't learned any lessons. Because uh, I really think until the day you die, you should be improving. In yeah. some, and not just like physical improvement or mental improvement, but just every part of your life needs improvement. Sure. You're not perfect. You never will be. And it, I, it's just they need you need to take criticism, work with it, and get better. Because nobody cares about that person that's, that hasn't changed in 20 years. It becomes that eye roller, like, oh, there's so-and-so again. Nothing's changed about that person. Still doing the same crap. Still doing the same thing, getting the same result. I, I, hmm, this is a big thing for me because I like, I always want to be able to feel like I am a lifelong learner. I love learning new things. I think you guys both know me enough to know that like, I love learning. I, I like, I hated school, but I love learning. I love teaching myself things and new skills. And it blows my mind whenever somebody, has has been like discouraged to a point where uh well a friend the other day asked me like you think i could learn a new language i'm like yeah yeah like yes absolutely please do it's not easy but yeah yeah but i was like it's not impossible do it absolutely do it and i was just like as i tried to be as encouraging as possible because i think you should i 
yes. If you if your question is should I learn X, the answer is always yes, unless it's should I learn what meth is like. Then the answer is <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Pretty much short of that, it's like yes, you should learn new things and you should grow and you should improve. And this is like full circle back to what we're talking about. You're the things you do outside of work should grow you to a point where your inside work stuff becomes better. And it will, if you're being encouraged to learn and grow and it, there's, there's never a reason or a point in your life where you shouldn't be learning and growing either like emotional growth and like, um, you know, in internal learning how to work with people, soft skills type stuff, or like hard new skills. People ask me like, should I learn to program? And I'm like, you should not learn to program learn something, learn a little bit of Python so you can, you know, the next time you have to convert a whole bunch of image, like if you had to convert a uh, hundred PNGs to JPEG, you could like open up Photoshop and you could do it all that, but I can do it in a single line of code and then oh. it just runs and it's instant and it's done. And so like those little, like anything that you can say, should I learn this? The answer is, is almost definitely yes. Oh, I'm yeah. off my soapbox now. Yeah. Goodbye, soapbox. Thanks for coming to his TED talk. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. Uh, is that our new phrase too? Yeah, it's Hannah's phrase forever. Been my phrase. I didn't come up with that. I'm pretty sure it was from Twitter. So okay, so we've, we've talked about side hustles uh, and the the good and the bad and what the challenges that you went through, and then it kind of twisted itself into uh, someone wasn't like that. You had situations where you weren't being listened to at all, mm-hmm. and you actually had a lot of uh, experience in something. Now, I want to kind of transition that to the other part um, where in relation to your management side, because you, you mentioned this before we started the episode, there was a certain pressure that was put on by management and it kind of had a parental feel to it. Yeah. Um, now, I want you to kind of explain what that means because parental pressure, I mean, we, we all have parents or have had parents mm-hmm. uh, at some point. And what, when you say parental pressure, what is that? mean i felt and also it was told to me and the intern that we had that like we reminded the manager of his kids which is endearing but also Mm, weird when you're my employer yeah Yeah, it's just kind of like it's like i'm not your kid i'm your employee like you pay me i'm a professional like there's a line yeah it's like i don't want to be treated as your child right and so to me, it kind of, and I was talking about this with a friend, and she even said that um, she thinks people do that. Like, managers hire younger people or and take them, like, under their wing, thinking, like, oh, I'm, like, a parental figure to this person. And then that person feels like they owe And, and there's a professional side, too, that I'm going to train you some things that I've learned. Yeah. Sure. But that, in a professional mindset. Yeah. But- Not, Go ahead. Well, what Hannah started to say there, I want, I want you to finish that thought. Because you feel like you owe them something because they took you in and helped you and got you to where you are. The same way you feel about your parents. Yeah, it's like, oh, weird. I owe them something. They're my parents. But it's like your employer, you shouldn't feel that way. They owe you things. You do work for them. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's transactional. Yeah, you can have relationships with them and like be friends with them and like have get along fun. with it. Yeah, have a good time. But like I feel like when you cross the line of like – constantly feeling like that person's your parent that's weird and that's where i'm like oh no pal like no also i just want to say hannah said the keyword i feel like it should be like uh, pb's playhouse where she said the word of the day and we all scream because she said 
business is transactional. Oh. <laughs> Don't ever forget that business at its core is just transactional. Thank you for saying that. So uh-huh. yes, you don't owe your employer anything except, you know, your hours and and you should do your best work because you want to do your best work. But at yeah. the end of the day, you do a thing for them and they do a thing for you. It's not like you you just should never feel yeah, that way. Yeah, the way, way I never feel, feel about disappointing my parents shouldn't be the way I feel about disappointing my employer. It Obviously, I feel different. pressure to not want to disappoint yeah. my employer, but like I disappoint my mom. That's crazy. That's scary. <laughs> I feel real bad when I do that. But it's like, it should be different. Like, it shouldn't be a blurred line. It should be like, yes, this is my boss. Yes. So. Yeah. So it's crazy that you feel like you kind of went through that. And I feel like, I I feel like this whole show, I mean, a lot of it is told from an employee's perspective, but I hope that anybody who's in a position of management listens to this show and kind of takes away like Y'all the what not get to do. a manager on here. We definitely will. I actually, um, we know some, we know plenty and I, I think we can get some more people on here to talk about it. I think from that'd be really cool to view. like ask them questions yeah. about like the way they treat their employees. Based sure. On- because like if you are a manager listening to this show, I, I hope that you can search yourself and say, no, I don't treat my employees like they're my kids. I work now suddenly with people who are a lot uh, older than me, mm-hmm. and they don't treat me – they don't even treat me like a kid. I mean, I'm talking about people who are much older than me, and they don't treat me like a kid. They treat me like a coworker, and it's a good thing. And so even like project managers I work with, um, they treat me like as equals. They don't treat me as, as like a child, especially not their child. I can't – like that. that should never – that should be a boundary that's not crossed. But I do hear about that – kind of a lot kind of especially in smaller companies and it's just this idea of like yeah it's like oh you know you're just you're just like part of my family you're just we're a family here well like that's cool but you're not you're actually just a business you can call it a family and you can all be close and you guys can go get drinks after work and you can work really hard together and have great teamwork and all those things are good but you're not a family you're not a family. At any point, any of those people can quit. They don't know you crap. They're your employees. You're their employer. Yeah, and then if you like want to leave or if or, oh, like, you awkward, get a better right? opportunity, you're like, oh my God, I have to quit this job and tell this person that I'm leaving. And then you feel bad and you shouldn't. Well, if you're bettering yourself. Well, unless, you know, uh, like if you're leaving the job and your current job is actually really great. And that's, yeah, what, that's okay that's to hard. feel bad. Yeah. Because like I actually really enjoy this, but I had a good opportunity come up and that's just the way it goes. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's really strange just to kind of think about this parental side things. Cause I think I experienced it more than I realized. And I did not realize it until I did finally quit, especially the last five minutes of my quitting. <laughs> there were things that were said. I was like, Oh, there was a parental piece to this. And I, now that I'm thinking about it, it's like, Oh wow. All there, the pieces aligned in your head. Yeah. It kind of did. Like I didn't realize it. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, uh, that's a uh, that's strange. Explo- Is it all coming you, back to yeah, you? Yeah, if you want to talk about it right now, explore it a little bit. Well, it's, it's just you look like you're thinking about some stuff. The last five minutes of my quitting, there was a point where the owner said, "I've always treated you as my son, as a son to me," and so literally parental, a hundred percent. And I didn't, you know, I've never really thought about it in the sense of. Was that what was going on? And I, because I know that panic, you you knew that was going on in yeah. your scenario. To and I just kind of like, well, I don't know, because I mean, because when I started there, I was twenty two, 
so I was done with college. Um, and so you don't really think about having another set of parents at that point at all. So I don't know. It was just think about it. That's very strange that that was mentioned to me, but I'll never forget it because it was just, I've never heard that yeah. until the bitter end. So it was very fascinating, but it's weird. Well, we are uh, we're getting pretty close to time, and we I want to start looking at resolutions. Wrap a now. couple of things up. So we've so we've actually kind of inlined a couple of the resolutions here. Mm-hmm. The big one, like always, like literally always, is just communicate. Hannah's already said this. Other Michaels already said this. People like, would just talk to each other. We would have a lot less problems. Well, the, ex- the expectations become real. Yeah, they're, right. they're out there. It's not you're sitting and hiding this stuff and you're not talking. You're scared to talk about it. Yeah. If it's because nobody ever told you. Like your manager, your owner, whoever never told you, like, you cannot have side work. You just mm-hmm. were like, oh, I don't feel like I can talk about yeah, it. Yeah, because everybody else said don't talk about it. Because they I, felt like they couldn't talk about that, it. it was and, just and never, followed suit with everybody yeah. else. And that was which, a culture top-down thing. Yeah, so you should always communicate, like, managers, let people know what that is. The fact that it's in an employee handbook that I signed makes me feel really good. I'm like, I feel like it's in permanent ink, legally bound. I know what I can do and what I can't do as an employee of my company. It should be in writing, but bare minimum, it just needs to be communicated. And then if you're the employee doing the work, tell somebody about it. Just talk about it. Make it real casual. Honestly, don't make it like a, Test hey, the waters. I need to tell you something. Just be like, yeah, I just finished a project for so-and-so. And if there's some big, like, resentment, then you need to say, like, whoa, 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 why is this a problem? And open up the conversation. Or, or just even take an opportunity, like, like in your scenario, you, you had multiple, you have an Instagram with, uh, with, your, with your portfolio of work, essentially, right? And there could have been an opportunity to say, hey, check out this thing I did over the weekend. Isn't it really cool? Yeah. And then they'll say, oh, that's, like, if they say, that's really cool, do you do more of that? And if and they just come intrigued with it and don't say anything else. And it's like, this is really nice. That's great. But mm-hmm. then if it's more of, we don't need to talk about that right now. Or we, that, do you do a lot of this? Um, we need to have a discussion. You know, yeah. it's, or it's very negative. That's a I, moment. I even, so this is pretty fat. Even today, I met a lady today and she actually is a salesperson for the credit card processing company. And, um, we were talking about that. I was just, this is a good person to meet and so forth. And I asked, how long you been doing this? Oh, I've only been doing this for about four or five months. I was like, well, what'd you do before? Cause I always love asking that question. Mm-hmm. If they have a job that's le- like less than two years old, I always mm-hmm. like, what'd you do before this? Cause I'm curious. So what got them to where they were? And she says, Oh, I, um, I'm an artist. I'm like, you're an artist. Oh. And she shows, I got to show you this afterwards, but yeah. she showed me this work. I thought I was looking at a photograph wow. and uh, paintings. Like yeah, paintings. they were, they were paintings. And it was amazing. And I told her, I said, well, one, this is amazing work. And two, I was like, you can use, in a strange way, you could use this as an advantage for yourself. She said, what do you mean? She said, well, in today's world, we have to have now like these little tokens that separates us. Mm -hmm. And you could take your skill set, which is very nice, very good, very high end, and uh, apply it. So when you, like credit card processing, it's a very boring dry subject right but you're saving on company money and that's the goal and so forth 
for those uh, relationships that you want to keep and foster, you can go back to you can hand draw their logo or their building. Oh, and the painting of their building, the painting of their That's building, brilliant. and yes. from the office. Did everyone see that episode? No, I don't know. Oh, we're not big office fans, but you are. We talked about oh, that. Oh, I've not seen all of it. But I do know Pam paints a picture of well, the building. But she could take her skill set, take it was very pretty. an hour or two of something she loves, yeah. and advance her main career, and she it's a good thing. It's, sure. it's just positive all the way around. That's what and it's all about. She, and she's like, well, I never thought about that. I was like, yeah, I mean, that's what makes you a little different. And you can take something you love and apply it. So anyway, it was a little bit of soapbox, but I just, I, I just remembered like, her work was astounding. And I asked her, like, how long does it take you to do it? She said, well, this takes me about nine months to do one of these. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. I said, how much do you charge? She said, eh, about eight to ten grand for one. Sure. But Smart. it looked perfect. That's, I want to see this. Too. I'll show it to you later. So. so it's all about, like, communicate your intentions, communicate. Uh, if you're the company, the manager, communicate, like, what uh, the realms of, like, what you can do, kind of your limits. And then... Um, and, and so that, that kind of goes in. Just understand what the side work uh, policy is at your company. But my secondary thing is, and we don't talk about this enough, if you are at a business that is big enough, because I feel like a lot of times we're talking through the frame of small business, but if you're at a medium to large business, like you have an HR department or you have somebody else you can go talk to, make sure this is not some weird isolated thing where like just your manager's like, no, you can't do side work. And then suddenly it's like, Oh no, literally everybody in your creative department does side work and it's just company wide. Nobody cares. And then you can go to some, check you know, your handbook, check your handbook and go to your boss's boss and be like, Hey, that doesn't seem right. That's okay. You're not, you know, basically is just know it's all just communicate and just know where you stand with things. And then I am going to say that if anybody is discouraging you from growing your skill set outside of work, you need to find another job. There is no sane reason that a person would ever look at their employee and be like, you are growing your skills outside of the walls of this office and I will not stand How for dare it. How you. dare you? Yeah. I, and the only exception to that rule I could imagine if you were highly misrepresenting your company. Okay. That's, that's a good point. So, cause I, I made a note about that where if your side job or hustle is very contradicted to your main job, that that is a concern because that's actually going to create a negative situation. Do, can you think of an example? Yeah, can I get an example, please? Can I be <laughs> can you use it in a sentence? sentence? <laughs> <laughs> ah, you weirdos! <laughs> Six um, years. Six years. Let's see. Let me think for just a second. Y'all keep talking. I will have. A, a this example. is the part of the spelling bee where the buzzer just goes off and you get kicked <laughs> yeah, out. Exactly. Y'all keep talking. We're just trying this. to think of an example of a situation where your side work could be totally contradictory to your main work. So here's a good example. Um, this is so weird. I think we just. I heard somebody talking about CBD earlier. So like, imagine if your main job you worked at like a drug rehab and then on the side you sold CBD. That could be very oh, contradictory, that makes right? Sense. Like. like that? You know, is that, what you're talking about? So, is that so, kind of what you're talking about? Obviously, that's extreme. But it's a like, weird example. But. Well, okay, well, okay, here's the thing. What if you are a student pastor at a church and you work a bar at night and it's completely, oh, yes. like, and you're encouraging underage drinking? It's okay, the, yeah, 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 yeah. So things like, it sounds odd and extreme, but those scenarios 
could come up. Yeah, those are bizarre examples. But small, like a like a a normal, like a more realistic (laughs) thing. Because I know there's got to be one. Maybe like um, I'm trying to think in like the fields we work in. So maybe if like I am, you know, work for if I worked for a company and like we built WordPress websites and all day long we were talking about how WordPress is the greatest, is the greatest, is the greatest. And then I'm like going behind and just being like, hey, listen, you do not need a WordPress website. Wix is the way to go. Just just go build it yourself and blah blah blah. That's maybe Wix or Squarespace. (laughs) You know, forget WordPress. You know that mentality where you're almost bashing what you do every every day. There you go. Yeah, because that just looks bad on you. Sure, that didn't look good on you as a person, right? Not just your company. Then that doesn't misrepresent your company because then you don't look authentic, and that's very important (laughs) too. Or what if you are a butcher but you're a vegetarian? Oh, that's a good oh. one. That's a good one. So it's kind of like well, I don't, a nudist I don't, tailor. Uh-huh. A right. nudist tailor. Somebody uh, who a tailor yeah. tailors your suits, but they oh, they, are even nude. the idea that you uh, wear na- like blue jeans and a white t-shirt, but you're a tailor, or something. and you're like a high-end tailor, a high-end yeah. tailor. You know, just it doesn't make sense, right? It's misrepresenting your main job. It's a good point. Um. Anyway, I, I just something to think about because you don't want to because. From a manager owner standpoint, I, I it's hard for me to encourage you to do something that's like against what we do Absolutely. every day. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's understandable. Then that's an understandable situation. So think about that the next time you're doing your side hustle. Does it completely conflict your daily job? Definitely. If it does, that that's a problem on yourself. Man, it's okay for management to be a little mad at you for probably being so. stupid. Sure. <laughs> well, I think that we are about out of time. Um, Hannah, thank you so much for, yeah, thank thank you for being part of this. This has been a this lot of fun. So fun. I feel like this is the one episode I won't listen to, but that's only because I hate the sound of my own voice. Uh, you get used to it real quick. You do. After about five nope. minutes, you're like, oh, I, I, that sounds about normal. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll listen to it and just put so, it over there. But this was really fun. I'm really I'm, glad that I got to see how y'all do this. this is I'm glad that you joined us. Um, let's pretend that our fine listeners wanted to support you, see your uh, incredible artwork and in any other way support what you do where and how might they do that they can follow me on instagram hannah may letter co um i think i have my domains linked to my etsy account so that's just hannah may letter i'm also on facebook hannah may letter co it's all the same across the board so and we'll put links in the show notes so if you're uh l- listening to the show on any podcast reader you should see that there as well so uh, do that. Pay her uh, a nice follow, like, subscribe, whatever. We can be best friends. And y'all can totally be social best friends. And we want to hear feedback on our first guest episode. Yeah. Tell us if you hated Unless this. If you, you were like me, then don't tell them. We, <laughs> I don't want to know. We won't tell her. We won't tell Hannah <laughs> the terrible things you say about her. We'll just bring please it up in an don't. episode. <laughs> so, but no, please give us feedback. And this, uh, you guys heard our first guest episode. So if you think you could be a guest, let us know. I'm so I mean, honored sure. that I was your if first If you're one. in the Birmingham area, if you're not, just connect with us and we can get you in uh, remotely. We can do it over Skype. And if you basically, if you've got a story that's worth telling that somebody needs to hear, come on and tell it. There's no shame. There's no fear. We can keep you anonymous as we need to be. Uh, we just, you know, the goal here is is for anybody who's dealing with these things. We want to help people. We want to help them, encourage them. So give us a shout, let us know, and uh, we'll get you on the air. And look for our next episode next week. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of Work-Life Balance. If you have questions or stories you'd like to share, email us at worklifebalanceshow at gmail.com or call in on Anchor. We'd love to have you on the show.